Father, we pray that our hearts may be open to your word as you open your word to our hearts. Amen. So learning to live with uncertainty. We are in a world where uncertainty is all around us. Brexit maybe makes it even more uh, highlighted. The fact that there is so much uncertainty about what's happening is making it so incredibly difficult for planning or for any understanding of how to handle the next few months. For the farmers in Wales on the hillsides, for the businesses on the Irish border with the threat of renewed violence, for the whole issue around Scottish independence, medical supplies, I'm wondering where my insulin is going to come from potentially, is it going to be on time across the English Channel and the ports, the investment in British industry, the whole range of things that we've heard so much of on the news. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And now we have added uncertainty about HS2. Will the government decide to, that £57 billion is not value for money? Or have we already gone too far down the line, so to speak? <laughs> well, this uncertainty that we live in breathes one thing above others. That is fear. We've experienced this throughout our lives. I remember as a young teenager being filled with fear because I was uncertain about a certain person called David Collier, and the name still sends shivers down my spine, who bullied me significantly when I was in school. I was uncertain whether he'd be out in the same area playing football as I was intending to go. And I would be very careful to look around and to make sure that he wasn't around before I went out. And it can have deep effects. Fear plays such a massive part in our lives in a very negative way, usually. So learning to live the life that we're seeking to do in Christ Church means learning to live with uncertainty. But of course, the greatest resource that we have in the battle against uncertainty is trust. Not trust in governments, not trust in wealth, to find your who you know, or in military might, but trust in the Lord. Psalm 20, some trust in chariots, and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm, because the Lord is trustworthy. The great psalm that we read today, which we had at our wedding, Sean and I, 40 years ago, is one of continued strength in a God who is, a continued trust in a God who is our refuge and strength a very present and ever-present help in trouble. 
Therefore, because we trust in this God and his nature to be always with us and always helping us in times of trouble to be a refuge, to be a strength, therefore, we will not fear. We choose not to fear, we choose rather to trust. Though the earth give way, <laughs> can't get more uncertain than that about uh, the future. And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. If the worst possible thing happens, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, we will not fear. Rather, we choose to trust. And the psalmist goes on that in the midst of all this turmoil of uncertainty, he finds the lesson or how to learn to trust in, of course, being still. In the midst of all these words of turmoil and war, those verses, verse 10 and 11, be still and know that I am God. Know that I am God. Be certain that I am God and the God who can be trusted and the God who is with you and the God who loves you forever. So it's on this basis that we can trust the Lord. We sometimes wonder, you know, why, why can I, why, why, what makes it possible to trust in God? Well, with the Lord, with the, with the Lord, the God of Jacob, the God of Jesus, the God who is present in Jesus, we can be certain of certain things. We can be certain of certain things. And one thing that we can be certain of is love. That God's love is totally consistent and is impossible for God to be any other because God is love. I mentioned that uh, we recently, Sean and I, uh, celebrated our Ruby wedding anniversary. So we were married when we were 12. It was really great. <laughs> and this card came through the post by, from somebody who has been incredibly special to us over many, many years. And it says in it, sharing the joy of this special anniversary and wishing you both continued love and happiness together now and forevermore. And the text at the bottom is that famous words from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Love is eternal. Love is eternal. Love never fails. Love lasts forever. The scriptures assure us every single place they can that that is a certainty that we are loved. And St. Augustine put it, because I am loved, God has made me lovable. This certainty is what gives us the capacity to trust against all uncertainty. There is one other thing, of course. There is one thing in life that is certain, and that is death. And in the face of death, we come back to God and recognize that though the waters rage and everything is in turmoil and we go 
into that valley of shadow of death, we will not fear any evil because God is with us in that place. And you remember the funeral services. The person, the minister who's taking the service will commend the person who's died and ask that, recognize that God will change these frail bodies and transform them into his glorious body through the working whereby he is able to subdue everything to himself. We commend the person who's died in sure and certain hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Sure and certain hope. Now whether you believe in the resurrection or not is a matter of your choice. But the certainty of the resurrection is that which runs through the whole of scriptures and the whole testimony of the New Testament and through the Christian church for time and into eternity. And the implications of Jesus' resurrection are huge for those who are in a place where their identification with Christ in this life means that there is that oneness with Christ in the life to come. In Romans 6, Paul writes, if we died with Christ, and he's talking about being baptized or dying to self, we shall certainly be raised with him. Paul was in absolutely no doubt. It was one of the certainties of life that if we died with Christ, we shall be raised with him. So we face uncertainty in our world with acceptance, first of all, that it's all, there are always going to be uncertainties around, but also with huge trust that God is unchangeable and that we can be certain that he is the one who will always be there, whose love is eternal and who will see us through the death that awaits us all. It's this knowing and not knowing that inspired the writer of a hymn we're going to sing a little later in our service, our offertory hymn, that Barbara has kindly agreed to play for us to the tune Londonderry Air. Let me just read some of the words. Remember the, the first four lines are all about uncertainty. And then the second four of each verse come back with that refrain, but yet I know, I know this to be true. My heart tells me that I can be certain. I cannot tell. I can't tell how he who angels worship should set his love upon the sons of men. How is it that God loves me, you know? All the stuff, how rebellious I've been. And, and yet, I can't understand why, but I know that he does. Or why a shepherd, he should seek the wanderers. To bring them back. They know not how or when. When people have walked away from God. Yet in his heart. 
he has that capacity to bring them home, to grow and find them. But this I know, he says. I'm looking at the Bible and I'm seeing the truth revealed. He was born of Mary. Bethlehem's manger was his only home and that he lived at Nazareth and laboured. And so the Saviour, the Saviour of the world has come. That is the trust that Jesus was born Saviour. I cannot tell. I can only be uncertain about how silently he suffered as with his peace he graced this place of tears. Or how his heart upon the cross was broken, the crown of pain to three and thirty years. How can the God of love, the light of the world, be crushed and extinguished, overcome apparently by hatred, jealousy, and cruelty? But this I know. He heals the brokenhearted. Why? Because he has been brokenhearted himself. He knows how that feels. And stays our sin. He pushes it back and doesn't allow it to have dominion over us. And calms our lurking fear. Always fear, but he calms it. Be still. Know that I am God. And he lifts the burden from the heavy laden. For yet the Saviour, the Saviour of the world is here. He's present with us in this uncertain world. And then the hymn writer starts to look to the future. And the destiny of the world. I cannot tell how he will win the nations. How he will claim his earthly heritage. Or how satisfy the needs and aspirations of East and West, of sinner and of saint. It's just beyond any understanding that we can have. Though we see glimpses of it occasionally. But this I know. All flesh shall see his glory. And he shall reap the harvest he has sown. How does he know that? Well, here in the scriptures, which in Revelation, St. John hears the words from the angel speaking to him. Write down these words, for these words are trustworthy and true. They are trustworthy and true. And this is the revelation that will be coming into the world. Some glad day, his sun will shine in splendour when he, the saviour, saviour of the world, is known. I cannot tell how all the lands shall worship when at his bidding every storm is stilled. Or who can say how great the jubilation when all the hearts of men are with love are filled, when that love sweeps across the world. But this I know, the skies will thrill with rapture and myriad, myriad human voices sing. Can you imagine that? Have you got that hope, that joy that one day we will be with those inestimable numbers of people who are praising God, filled with joy, just caught up 
in the, the power of his love. And earth to heaven and heaven to earth will answer. There will be that complete relationship between heaven and earth. At last, the saviour, saviour of the world is king. That is the certain hope that we can have because God is who he is and he's not going to change now or ever. Amen.